Hello everyone out there. I'm attorney Brian Tierney. This is Breaking Bread with Brian. It's the first one back since COVID messed everything up. Anyway, we're back now. In life, you know, you gotta enjoy the finer things in life. And that's why we're here at this lovely restaurant with this lovely guest. Today we're here at Chow Ragazzi, in my opinion, the best restaurant in Garfield Ridge. When I think about what the best restaurant is, I think about four things. I think about price, I think about quality of food, I think about the atmosphere and the service. This restaurant has all those things. You don't have to take my word for it, take a look at the reviews. The food is delicious. And uh, this restaurant is an asset to Garfield Ridge. I've grown up here all my life and there was a lot of Italian people that I grew up with and it's nice to have a restaurant this good. Here, the food is delicious, the prices are reasonable, the atmosphere is nice and cozy, and the ownership knows that you, you gotta be good to people and you gotta create a relationship with them and they've done that very well here. They treat you like family when you're in here. It has a very good uh, feel. So definitely stop on by and check out Chow. Another thing I love about them is that they make their own pasta here, which I think is a sign of a good Italian restaurant. Um, it's not some boxed bullshit that's processed or whatever, it's, it's, it's homemade. Also, they make some of their own ice cream, which you guys might be seeing in a little while when we order that uh, later on. I know I will be. Here with me today is Ruby Velasquez from MRV Financial. She's the owner. She's gonna be telling us about how to save money on your taxes if you're a realtor and if you're a rehabber. How can you save money with deductions? Um, but we're also gonna learn about, about Ruby, who she is, and how she got to where she's at and here with us today. So Ruby, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor to be breaking bread with Brian so, after COVID. Cheers to cheers. that, definitely. Um, I was not aware that this is your comeback. So I'm super flattered uh, to be here. And I am really looking forward to add value to, you know, our community. Um, today we will be talking about, you know, flipping, realtor services and you know incorporations and everything under the umbrella to uh, help empower and educate our you know community through financial literacy so i am very very excited well thank you and um financial literacy is super important um they don't teach that in schools unfortunately i learned a bunch of stuff that i probably didn't need to know and now as a lawyer the most complicated math i use is addition subtraction multiplication and division so um, I'm really looking forward to hearing your um, information that you have to offer. Knowledge is power and it's also saving money. And so for the, for the real estate professionals out here and also the clients they serve that are rehabbers and all the other people in the community, um, maybe they already know some of this information uh, and maybe it's a refresher for them and maybe it's not. So we're gonna break it down in, in real core components. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Ruby, before we really get into what you do. Where, where were you born and raised? This is always the nerve-wracking part of any interview, right? That tell me about part. yourself. <laughs> it should be easy. <laughs> you know yourself better than anybody else. Um, so I was born in um, Guadalajara, Jalisco. Um, it's in Mexico. And I was brought to the U.S. Uh, as a child. I was eight years old. So I was raised here, you know, in the U.S. as an adult. At eight years old. At eight years old. Like, mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. 
I like Jalisco. I've been there before. I was in Guadalajara for a wedding in 2018. Shout out to Gloria Uoa, Ruben Uoa, and Christian in April. Um, I went to their wedding. It was beautiful, and it was nice to have such great tour guides um, down there in Mexico. So I've been to your, your home, your motherland, and your um, birthplace. And so it's it's a lot of people live there. How many people are in Jalisco? Do you know, 10 million or something? Uh, you know what, you got me on that. I don't know what, what the I current number a, is. Uh, yeah, I, because it's not just, um, you know, the inner city in Guadalajara. There is so much parts of Jalisco. Jalisco yes. Is, is it considered kind of like the equivalent of a state here? Or yes. Or is it like a county? So it's a state. So yes, it's so, so Guadalajara is a city. And then Jalisco has look if we want to compare it to here has a lot of little suburbs so where my family resides is Zapopan so there are Zapopan. municipalities down there so Jalisco is made up of municipalities um, so the one that we we are from is literally I we are in Berwyn today in Chicago it is the same equivalent from Zapopan to Guadalajara so that's a fun fact Say that one more time. I couldn't wrap my brain around it. Guadalajara. No, but uh, Guadalajara is how close. Oh, so it is the same distance that Berwyn is, is to Chicago. Chicago. Okay, so that it's close. Zapopan, close. which is it's where. It's like a suburb right outside of Guadalajara. Correct. Yes. That's it's, awesome. Mm -hmm. When we were there, I was mostly in Guadalajara. We were staying, uh, staying at the Presidente Hotel. It was very nice. It was the first time I was at a hotel in my life that had a rooftop pool. Hmm. It wasn't on the top, top floor, but it was like 17 floors up or something, and it was really cool. We were able to, I think we had Cuban cigars there. Whatever the cigars were, they're very good. And so we were just in the pool having fun in the daytime, although I was working. It hurt my fucking heart that I was in the hotel room in the on the laptop while all the young people were down there <laughs> at the pool, like dancing and shit. I'm like, Jesus, I got to work on real estate here because at the time it was just me and my two assistants. I had nobody else to help me, so... It was busier than I am now, which, or no, not busier, just managing more than I was now. But um, it was very nice. We also went to uh, Takapake. Oh, yes. And uh, they had, I believe that's where the wedding was in the church there by the, the hall. Um, the, uh, the church was like, they had a church in the plaza, and then there was like a market there where you could buy, you know, clothes and all these things. It was pretty cool. I actually got a belt there that I still wear to this very day. It's really thick, so they, they do the leather good there. Yes. But uh, another place that was there that was really nice was Plaza del Sol mm -hmm. in Guadalajara. We would go there and each morning for breakfast because, you know, the the Irish and Mexican people seem to have breakfast in common. They like it, right? But to get over there, have some eggs, um, you know, and get some fresh air and a little coffee in me to wake me up. So we did that, and uh, it was great, great experience. Um, we went to a place where there were some hot springs. It wasn't Aguascalientes. It was another place, but they had some hot springs there. I think it was an Ajijic. Okay, yep. But I didn't, we were only there for one day, and our flight was in the afternoon, so when we got there, we had to to leave. But we also did tequila. We were in the tequila barrels, the hotel room. Really cool. That's awesome. So we did a lot in a little bit of time. So, yeah, you're, you're really talking about, you know, um, what you experience is a lot of the culture, right? Um, back to, you know, how um, that part of... Uh, Guadalajara or even, you know, Mexico is made up, you know, lots of municipalities, lots of states. Um, the hot springs are huge. You know, I just actually came back 
from Mexico. I went twice this year. I got the pleasure of opening up a, a call center down there. So I went down for business purposes. I got to reconnect with my family through a life event. You know, when um, death happens in your family, you don't plan for these things, right? You got a death in the family? I did, I did. Uh, my father you passed went there away. because of the, 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 your father passing or because you were just there when he passed? You know, it was interesting how the trip happened versus how it was supposed to happen. I had planned to be down there in September. My dad and I have been uh, in communication via phone calls. Um, he retired. He, you know, he got to that place where we all want to get to in his retirement age. And, you know, he had the same dreams that every uh, person that leaves their homeland is, your, in Mexico is very huge, to want to go back home, you know. So my dad was blessed to be able to go back home during his retirement age. Um, we stayed in contact, definitely. Was and he pretty healthy throughout his retirement, or did he get sick as he retired? You know, he was pretty healthy. Um, he was. He passed away from a heart attack, so it was very uh, subtle, very fast. Um, it happened Memorial Day weekend, and he may not have been talking about me going back to Mexico. And he always had these conversations with me about opening up a business down there. Uh, going, he just wanted me back home. So I remember I had went to a conference, a national conference last September, and they talked about, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, you know, getting out of your state, getting out of your city, thinking beyond you, thinking internationally. And my dad popped into my mind at that time. And I was like, you know, Maybe this is a time for me to discover and find out, you know, what other opportunities there are. So I just had some very nonchalant conversations with my dad saying, hey, I think um, I'm going to open up a business in Mexico and I'm going to have more opportunities for me to come back home. So I said, I'm going to come visit you when I go for business purposes. So I was supposed to go in September, you know, two months ago for right. me to start this exploration. And... Um, you know, it was time for him to re-meet with my mom. My mom passed away um, five years ago. Um, so, you know, it was time for him to re-meet with her and be on the other side. Um, so that sped up the process. So I remember while, you know, um, we're dealing with this storm and, you know, talking with family and just trying to figure out, you know, le legal issues and all of that. I just kept hearing my dad, like, it's going to be okay. I'm, I'm okay. We're okay. Um, just get here, basically, is what I kept hearing. And I was very intentional uh, during that trip. I said, you know, I haven't seen my family since my mom passed away. And I didn't want to have that same experience. I wanted to have a better experience. I wanted to have the time to really get to know them outside of a grieving process that we were all really going through and it just felt like I don't I want to meet them as well and since I'm going to be there I'm going to take an extended trip and you know speed up the process and on you worked from 
um, Holy School while you were there? Yes, so MRV Financial is a virtual firm. We do everything virtually. Uh, MRV Financial was born uh, in 2016, but it didn't come, like I didn't announce it to the world to like 2019. Um, and that's when I started hiring and I started to grow. Um, so I decided, you know, as any business owner like yourself, I'm sure you went through the planning process of, I'm gonna go and become, you know, an attorney and I'm gonna have my practice and I'm, you have to think of locations and all of that. And I remembered in my history, I have been doing taxes since 2006. I basically got my bachelor's um, in 2008. I remember my sophomore class was one of those taxation classes and the professor just said, okay, you are now legally allowed to do people's taxes. I was like, okay, sign me up. So that's how I started doing it. Very nonchalant, very casual with friends and family. And through the years, I just continued to build that, you know, uh, book a business that was a very seasonal to begin with. Um, so fast forward to um, when I build up, I and I, you know, I'm working on my business plan. I was like, right. okay, well, how do I want to do this? And I had used to have an office before, and I thought of the overhead, and I just felt like I wanted to become more humanly accessible to people through a virtual, by becoming a virtual firm. And this was before the pandemic. And I remember I heard a professor uh, from you know my accounting classes saying um, how accounting was, or you know the financial field was a beautiful field for women, especially who I was at the time. Um, to thrive in it and have opportunities to be able to work remotely from anywhere, whether you chose to work from home, anywhere. So then I started to just really hone in on that and decided, I was like, okay, well, when you call NICOR, when you call ComEd, you don't ever get to see the people. You know that they're, they're in a location, you know they're somewhere, but you don't ever get to see them. So I, so I start. that's where the idea of virtually started. Uh, I want to be able to be there for people and I want to be humanly connected, but it's just going to be virtually now. So I remember when I started, everybody was like, what do you mean? What's Zoom? What's, what's Dropbox? All the systems that I use. Fast forward to when the pandemic happened, um, I was blessed that I was so, I was already virtual right. for about two years before it happened um, so I came in very strong and I really believe that the pandemic really helped my business grow and it helped you know have that trust now where people are a lot more open to having you know a virtual meeting so that's how you know the idea of grow grew of staying virtually um, so it's always you know and another piece was how am I going to attract uh, people to want to work with me. Well, I love working from home. You know, I love having my office. I love being there for my family. I love to be able to take a break and see my son, you know, talk to my husband, and then I'm back to work. And I have to physically get into a vehicle to go somewhere. So I said, if I enjoy this, let me give that uh, enjoyment to, you know, whoever works with me as well. So I also use that because at the time in my industry, 
that was not available to uh, professionals. So, you know, from there I just kept growing and fast forward um, my trip to Mexico, it sped up to where, you know, I already started training uh, for my virtual center. I have one person in staff. Um, you know, we've been doing this for about uh, a month or two now. And, you know, I just cannot wait to see what else is gonna turn into. And just the fact that I am able to manage someone virtually in a whole different country. That was something that never in my, you know, career wildest dreams, I would think I'm gonna do that one day. You know, so I consider myself very blessed to be able to have the opportunity that I have and then to be able to share that, uh, you know, with my friends, my family, my business partners, you know, um, well, so that we you. could continue to educate. What is the significance of MRV? Do the, the letters mean something? Yes, it's my name. I'm not that creative. So if you, anybody wants to ask me, hey, when should I name my business? You will get an initial, most likely. <laughs> you know? so it's, well, I usually call you Ruby. That's, that's my middle name. What, okay, what's your, your main name? So my first name, first name. is Mireya. Oh, In English, nice. it's Mariah. Mariah. So it's a very beautiful name, whether you say it in Spanish it or is. English. R is for Ruby, and then V is for Velasquez. Well, I learned something new today, and I was wondering, when you mentioned MRV, I didn't know if the last was virtual, but now that I know it's your initial. Oh, I'm, you know, I could change it up. <laughs> I think it's good the way it is. It's a very personal touch. Yes. Yeah, so that's um yeah, so that's about me and you know how I'm reconnecting back to my homeland while I'm staying here and servicing my clients. You know, so there's a lot more that is going to come. Um everything's just in that, you know, for me 2022 was about evolution. You know, I don't know if you believe in God, if you believe in the universe, if you believe in uh, you know, uh energies at the end of the day, we all have a bigger power, right, that we serve. And um, there's a book that I'm currently rereading because I needed, you know, I'm one of those people that if I have a really good book, I will don't mind going back. It's like watching a movie that you really, really liked, right? So I'm re-listening to this book, and it talks about how um, every article was meant to combined with something else. So, you know, we're talking, we're gonna talk about real estate, right? So let's talk about a construction company. I don't know if you know that cement and steel, they're made from like the same particles that they're supposed to be very strong. And when you mix them together, you get a better, uh, you, you create something new, strong. something bigger, something strong, right? So I feel like 2022 was that evolution for me where I'm, now connecting two countries and making something strong. They're already there, it's just I'm merging them. And you know, for me to think of 2022 evolution, that was a word that, I, that I'm really um, embracing um, through the universe, through everything, through my connections, I feel like it is our duty, it is our responsibility to help one another as human beings. Because one human being alone cannot do it all. There's just, if you were to leave one human being alone, um, they would eventually die a lot faster than they would versus when they're surrounded by people because that's the way we were made. That's why you are an attorney. You get to touch 
so many lives. You know, through your profession, I feel like that's how we give back to the world through our work. And for me, it is it is truly um, one of my biggest inspirations of the more people that I can change, the better that I am serving. Yeah, I, I, we have that in common very much so. And, you know, I have closed in the last six years a few thousand transactions. I've been blessed. Um, they've been very busy years. And, you know, sometimes the clients that I serve are just in my life for a brief moment, but I always try to make them feel comfortable and give them a memorable experience, especially when we're at the closing, regardless of whether um, they're full English speaking, limited English speaking, or sometimes Spanish only. Um, although sometimes I'll have attorneys cover for me on the Spanish ones. Other times we'll, I'll be there and they'll just translate for me. Uh, sometimes people come with their family or if the realtor's there, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I keep things in a way that is easy for everybody to understand. But I feel like the most important things we do is make the, pe the lives of people um, in, our, in our family and our close friends and in our community um, good. Like, uh, you know, after everything we've been through during COVID and everything, really feel like the best change comes from the people themselves and after having been shut down for a long time right we weren't doing stuff like this people are not used to um, being outgoing as much as they have and I've noticed this and I I try even at the grocery store I was in Jewel one day and I just started saying hey how you doing as I pass people and it did get people's attention you know I I keep my social skills sharp at all times and I believe that kindness is a universal language that um, that allows us all to get along it's one of the universal language you have music and laughter and and in love and all these things and so um, but in any event we share that as well I like bringing people together but at the end of the day I got to remember you know you know it's nice to be involved in real estate we're young beautiful people doing all these things and accomplishing things and it's nice but at the end of the day you know I have a responsibility to be home safely to my wife and to my little doggy and you know soon we're gonna be having kids and all this stuff so that'll be nice as well and um, I have a responsibility to them. I have a responsibility to my mom. She lives down the street from me, just down the street. I bought a house on the same, she's on one block and then I'm just the next one down on the same street. And I, I wanted it that way. You know, I like well, being here in the city. For some people, you know, they, it doesn't really matter or they need to step outside of their comfort zone to grow as you mentioned earlier. But for me, my heart's here and um, you know, there's a lot wrong in Illinois. Um, but it's not so much the people as the financial situation that we're in as a state and the government that, that got us there. And it's, um, you know, it's unfortunate. So maybe that will affect the people in real estate, in, in the community as well. But is, I think what we can do to mitigate that is be good to each other. And it's a skill that takes uh, sharpening. We talked about they don't really teach financial literacy in school and they also don't teach, we're, we don't have a lot of values anymore. And you mentioned, you know, God and, and stuff like this. and. You know, I was raised Catholic, but I'm not the most religious person. My cousin, she jokes around and says, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a Christmas Catholic, meaning I show up <laughs> to church around that time. Maybe Easter if you're lucky, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh -huh. So I'm kind of like that myself. I, I believe in doing good. I, you know, I believe that if there is a God, we are kind of made in God's image. And I feel like I'm already in heaven sometimes. And part of that is just because I've surrounded myself with good people. What I do would not be possible without my wife, without my uh, assistant Stephanie, my assistant Rocio, the new attorney at my office, Matt, a.k.a. Mateo. Right? <laughs> and so, um, you know, without them, my, 
you, I'm not, you know, they say in the army, like army of one, but it's really the group, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm only as good as the people I surround myself with. And right now I'm kind of living a dream. You know, I'm, I'm, I have a job that I'm make fun because I have, I'm doing it with friends of mine, you know what I mean? And uh, so it's, it's, you know, I couldn't, couldn't be more blessed and, and, and all that. But um, in terms of um, helping out real estate professionals and um, people who are rehabbing, we want to let them know some practical advice on how to save money with their taxes. So who would you like to start with first? Uh, people in the real estate industry, including realtors, or people who rehab homes and things like that? Um, we can go either way. Um, we could start with realtors and then okay. make it into um, the yeah. flipping side. So yeah, yeah, if you're a realtor, um, you're an independent contractor, is that right? Yes, for the most part, that's how most written contracts are written. So you're an independent contractor. That means that you don't get a steady paycheck like you would if you were at WW2. Um, at least for realtors, they get paid as their work is completed. Um, you know, and one thing I want to mention, I guess, just kind of popped in my head, is that people think realtors make a lot of money, and they do. But also, their realty takes anywhere from 20 to 50%, depending on what their agreement is, and the government takes another... Um, you know, or it could be a flat rate arrangement as well, but then the government takes 20-30% uh, of taxes and they're left with whatever is left at the end of the day. And they're making something out of nothing. I mean, they're creating a sale, bringing people together. It was easier for the past few years when the interest rates were low, but people are still working hard. And so um, when you're an independent contractor, you can deduct um, business expenses. Yeah, so I think it's very good that you brought up about bringing up the clarity of you know, um, I love to demystify bad information. You know, that is um, the, I think that's my job, to make sure that un people understand the difference between, you know, the truth and the untruth or the reality versus the smoke and mirrors, right? So a realtor is considered a business owner. If you think of a realtor, they're, you know, they're a business owner like myself, like regardless yourself, of regardless. They have their own realty, yes. They're still a business owner. Yeah. As an independent contractor. As an independent contractor, that is the beauty of being an independent contractor. Um, you get to write out your contract according to the need of, let's say, you know, a realtor who works for a managing broker. Well, a managing broker is going to come in and say, hey, these are the guidelines. These, this is the structure. This is how you get paid. This is what you get paid. So out of 100%, not to get into specifics of who makes what or what company makes what, generically speaking is, you know, the managing broker is who you're wearing the name brand, right? Whether it's whatever name brand you're carrying. That, so you gotta follow the rules and they will say, if you wanna wear our jersey, our name brand, um, this is how you get paid, this is how much you get paid, this is what the agency takes, and we don't pay any taxes for you. And I wanna make sure that that is a point that people do understand that, um, being an independent contractor, no one is responsible because you are a business owner. Um, you are fully responsible for all of the activities 
of your business to produce the income for you to gain for you to make a sale then you <coughs> will also um, take into consideration everything that it took for you to make that sale um, <coughs> well, but <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm try trying, it? I'm trying. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> no, I know. Drink some water down the road. Yeah, oh, I do? hate when that happens. I always say, I don't that know how to so drink good. water. <laughs> That's okay. But you were saying that um, <clears throat> you, as a realtor, you're within certain confines, but you are responsible for paying your own taxes, and that means that you have to be disciplined. I know this as well as a small business owner, that I have to send in money quarterly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I do mine as a salary, so I okay. uh, my law firm is set up where it's an LLC that it gets tax treatment as an S-Corp, okay. and so I do quarterly um, payments uh, of a salary to myself uh, for payroll, and in my case, I'm really just paying the taxes. I'm not steadily giving myself money out of the account. I take it as I need it, but I pay myself based on a salary, um, and that's a way for me to, to save money. Um, and I believe for the realtors as well. So uh, is that something that you recommend for, for realtors? And, and before we even get to that, we want to just back up and say, what would be a good percentage of the money that a realtor gets after their you know, expenses are taken out from the realty? How much should they be withholding for taxes, 20%? I would say anywhere between 15 to 30 percent between 15 and 30 15 and 30 percent no yeah stay disciplined you do otherwise you're gonna have a big tax bill and you have to get on a repayment plan if you don't have the money you know yes and that is the part you know i'm glad we're, we're talking about this because one of the things um that you have to treat it like your business you have to make time for your financial planning. You have to make time to talk to your uh, financial representative, whether it's a CPA, an accountant, a tax strategist, um, you know, um, whoever is helping you with your finances. Very, very important that they understand everything that there is about your business. Uh, there is nothing worse than getting misled because someone doesn't understand how you do business. Um, an LLC is a great one. Adding the S corporation also adds that structure. And I would and you not can help people uh, with these things. And we yes, we we do handle um, every single tax file from personal to trust to um, S corps, corporations, LLC, sole proprietors, um, and what may work for a sole proprietor may not work for someone like yourself that may be a realtor within a LLC and an S corporation tax status because that's really what the S corporation is. It gives you uh, a different tax status than just doing the LLC. So uh, it's always good to look at the person and say, yeah, generically speaking, this is one way to do it. But then you may have someone that doesn't have the capacity to handle an S corporation. S corporations is one of the very first uh, or really, really easy for you to lose your S corporation status with the state of, uh, with the IRS if it is not managed properly. If, it, if you don't do all of the mixes. So 
especially what you're saying you're not paying yourself properly for yourself you put your you put yourself a pay structure right well i have a payroll and but that is possible for any realtor to do as well even if you're the only person on payroll Correct. i personally use adp um i could probably get a better price you know somewhere else but they're the biggest ones to do it they make it very easy they have you know a website that's basically like an app that allows me to pay my self and my employees quickly and easily um and so um even if you're just one person and the reason i mentioned my setup is it it may benefit realtors in the sense that i save um about seven to eight percent because i can deduct half of the social security medicare and medicare uh, medicaid tax known as the payroll tax mm -hmm. um, as part of my taxes so I'm saving money there and maybe that would work for some realtors other realtors might not need that that's a little more complex of a setup but they do need to have the infrastructure in place of having a payroll set up and things like that then. yeah so let me now tell you the other side of that right so there's um, this is where it's very again very important to talk to someone right so what you just mentioned about how they pay it an LLC, if they're not making their payments, when it comes down to showing up to the tax table, trying to rush that conversation and trying to come without the proper information for anyone to guide you is like you're already shooting yourself on the foot because you don't even know what kind of, these are very good questions, right? So FICA is what you're talking about. FICA consists of Social Security and Medicare. So what happens, let's just pretend that it's an LLC organization. Without the S status or however it is that the structure that we're using as a comparison, how they will do it, they could be sending their payments as well. And then at the end of the year, instead of them putting that payment every quarter, every quarter, this is the part that people don't like, that they still contribute to Social Security and they still contribute to Medicare, but now they do it in the tax season. So when you're getting that $20,000 bill, that $10,000 bill, $7,000 bill, this is the first thing to see. That full 7,000 is not just IRS money. It is a mixture of your percent based on your income, based on how much you made, that is your tax to the IRS as a property taxpayer, or not property taxpayer, as an, tax payer. Payer. an income taxpayer. And then the 15% gets it divided. For the social programs that you do get the benefit of later in your life. Exactly. So when you retire, if you're putting in money to Social Security, you will be able to draw from it. Um, and then likewise with Medicaid or Medicare, Medicare, you will be able to take advantage of having that as a healthcare option. Correct. When you uh, retire so it is probably beneficial for realtors to be contributing to those things yes especially realtors who don't have a lot of investments outside of correct real estate and stocks and things like that yeah so i so understanding why you get such a high number and understanding how that number is divided is very very important because let's say your you know your structure that you have currently well, you know you've been contributing throughout the year. There is absolutely no reason why you're getting to the tax table and you 
have this huge bill because you've already been planning according you've been treating yourself like an employee of your company and i think that sometimes as business owners we get so caught up with a certain mentality of i don't have to pay taxes i don't have to pay this i don't have to pay that well understanding what kind of taxes what goes into that plays a big role because then you could really learn how to respect yourself and say as part of as an employee to my organization what are the things that my family needs for me to do they need me to stay up to date with my financials because what's going to happen when i get to the tax table and i have not been paying my bills the way that i should be whether they're to the irs whether they're to my social security whether they're to an investment treat it like anybody anything else and say I'm going to keep up to date or no, you know what, I understand that I'm going to end up paying that whole amount. Here comes the tax deadline. Um, and what happens is this is where a lot of, um, you know, uh, resentment, anger and all of these things come because they're not really understanding it and they're not respecting their family because what happens is what if you have to dip into your savings account? What if you have to dip into something so that, you know, people don't like to pay interest. If you don't pay your your uh, tax responsibility by the due date, they will charge you interest rates on it. And they will um, um, impose penalties as well for not paying. So the rule is you need to pay 90% of your tax bill by 1231-20, ending of the year. Yeah, um, by for December. You 31st at of the end year. of every year you're supposed to have paid 90% otherwise you will suffer interest and penalties correct and depending on the size of the bill the interest and penalties can be larger or smaller because it's probably based on the amount of money you owe and I people face challenges there's an old Irish saying that my dad taught me because he was from Ireland it's that the shoemaker's children are the last one to get their shoes that means that the worker the realtor does the work for everybody else which is a very tough business to be in um, because you have to make a sale or you know make sure these deals are going through which requires a lot of time and work especially with cell phones and everything now you're constantly having to communicate about these things you don't get the privilege of um, taking time for yourself a lot so that's the challenge that I face and I understand where people are coming from with that um, but what I do um, you know, I'm not necessarily looking for you to critique my what I do. Yeah. I like to keep a lot of money in my operating account until I know how much money I've kind of made for the year. So I pay a small salary to myself until about, you know, quarter four. And now and I'm going to start looking at my income and expenses for the year and look at it back at last year and then figure out how much I should be paying quarter four. It concerns me a little bit more because last year was my best year in business ever. It was for a lot of people in real estate because interest rates were low and we did hundreds of transactions last year. Um, my bill was huge, but then we realized now finally jointly with my wife that I could save money. Um, so I, I actually, for the first time in many years, got a return back. I'm so happy because that allowed me to um, use that money to, for myself for a few things that I need to, to better myself. So. What you're saying is, and, and personally, another thing that arose when I didn't take care of my knowing how much I was going to owe and not speaking to my accountant earlier is I was stressing myself out as well as the professional. And what you're saying is that you have a busy season when LLCs are due, you got to meet the deadline by March 15th. And after that, you only have one more month until individuals are due, and you might be doing both for one person. You're doing their corporations and LLCs by March 15th, and then you have to rush them to be ready by the end of April. 
Now we've gotten lucky in, in during the last few years with COVID. We've been getting extensions. The government has been extending the deadline, which is nice. But you're saying stay in communication with your with your accountant to save yourself mental stress of having a big bill and possibly having to get onto a repayment plan, and also for not stressing out your accountant. The family they'll have to figure it out. Usually, we're in two income households nowadays, so hopefully, we have, <laughs> hopefully, you have a safety net of a steady paycheck. But you also have the hey, you need to help me with my bill. <laughs> right. I mean, or at least pay the bills while we pay the big ass tax bill we owe now because we were balling out of control as yeah. you know, deals we closed or whatever. Yeah. But um. So then also, so having the right structure, they can talk to you about that, getting uh, maybe an entity in place or mm -hmm. figuring out if they're just going to do this as a sole proprietor, how they should file if they're married, um, and then also taking deductions, which we'll talk about as well. Yeah, you know, um, one of the things that um, I love how you talked about the expenses and, you know, having a family because... And, you know, having a, a second income because there's a different, you know, depending on the person, but uh, of what their house looks like and their business looks like and their mindset looks like because it's a lot of mindset battling that you just got to get through as a business owner, right? You having have to, to make, make financial sacrifices of tying up your money to the chupas cabras that friggin' suck our blood out with the taxes and the fees at the realty and everything like you know what I mean? You need to. You need and no to. No disrespect to the realties, but no. I'm saying sometimes they take a big chunk. Yes, yes, yes. No, agreed. Um, one of the biggest things of, uh, of why I really do recommend for people to incorporate themselves is because you have a legal protection. You have a shield. Think of it like you're walking around with this shield. That's what your corporation does for you. Whether you have an LLC, whether you have an S Corp, whether you have a C Corp, um, whatever it is, if anybody wants to sue you, we have to know that we live in a world of lawsuits. Like people are just Luckily, waiting for. Luckily, it doesn't happen too often to the realtors or to myself. I've never had it happen, but you know, knock on wood. But it's possible. So you would be surprised how many I have heard. Um, yeah. Where I'll use a, a simple scenario of you were the seller agent and I was the buyer agent but you did something wrong now the seller is suing you and because of that contract they have every right to call in everyone involved in that sale so they can pull me in as part of the lawsuit because of somebody else I have seen it. I'm very glad to know that you haven't seen that case, but you would be surprised. Yeah, I'm sure it's out there more so than anything. I think the thing is you can save yourself a lot of trouble as a professional just by being very accountable to your clients and letting them know if you made a mistake and that if you made a mistake, you might be able to take care yes. of it personally instead of, you know, like, hey, let me make it up to you if I cost you, a, you know, a few thousand dollars. Um, you know, some attorneys I talked to said, look, if I'm getting sued and the claim is 5,000, I'll just pay it myself. I'm not even gonna try to go through the insurance company. But not, that's not an option for everybody. Maybe they could work out a repayment plan or something. But as far as the corporate protection of having a corporation, LLC, um, you know, what, et cetera, is you do have to have the proper insurance to ensure what you're doing as well. You either have to have a lot yeah, of money no, in the bank yes. of, of the operating account of the company, or you have to have insurance to cover that. Most people mm -hmm. don't want to burn through their, you know, um, they don't want to burn through their savings, so they have to have insurance then to back up and where there is no Correct. capital in the business Correct. in order to maintain that legal protection. And the insurance is not too, too expensive. I want mm -hmm. people to understand that. I was surprised when I talked to my insurance law professor and my former boss, and they're like, 
you can get a million dollars of general commercial liability, general liability yep. coverage, mm -hmm. which is what most businesses have, and they might have some specific policies as well, depending on what type of business they're in. But for the general liability, it's like they're like, you can get about a million dollars worth of that stuff for like a thousand dollars a year. Mm -hmm. People won't realize that. Yep. So even if you had a very big lawsuit, <clears throat> pardon me, um, even if you had a very big lawsuit, you may, um, you'd, be, you'd be good if you have insurance. So you gotta have your insurance as well. And that's that's funny because we're talking about expenses and all this here. There's and that expense, is an expense. That is, is so yeah, we gotta think, no, this is, I love this. Um, you know, as you know, I am designated uh, to serve as a financial advisor. So, you know, that involves investments and insurance as well. Um, I am licensed. I, MRV does not offer any products at that time. At this time, that was very purposeful. Um, so I'm, I'm really practicing the services itself, but this is great, great uh, communication because back to what I was saying of having that LLC, that corporation, that S corporation as your shield protects people from coming to you after your, your personal your assets, your, your families, yes. what you work so hard for to give to your family. I call it like you're walking around naked basically and you are not, like you're exposing everybody because some people don't believe in insurance. You would be surprised, we'll, we'll talk about flippers. In the flipping, in the investors uh, world, not many believe in insurance. They don't understand that, but how cheap it is to buy a large amount of general liability protection. And that is for the purpose of if you were to get sued. Somebody gets hurt on your property. Somebody gets hurt on your property burns down. You anything, know. right? Well, what do you do? You have a playing card now. You know, that's kind of like, I. it's interesting how I see things, you know. But now it's like, how many, uh, you got a deck of cards. Well, how did you, how did you, Play your cards. What did you put in your business? Well, if you you're give not yourself good cards by just getting insurance and things like that. And one thing I want people yes. to know as well, under insurance law, an insurance company has a duty to defend their insured. That means that the insurance company is obligated to provide an attorney for you to defend you against lawsuits that you get. And that is part of just paying your premiums. You're not paying a big ass retainer or paying hourly for an attorney to defend you against a personal injury lawsuit or for premises liability because there was a defect at the property, somebody slipped and fell or whatever. The thing about lawsuits is that anybody can sue anybody. The question is whether it has merit and whether it will be successful or not. But still, instead of having to pay legal fees to defend yourself, if you have insurance, even if it's a bogus lawsuit, they'll get it dismissed. And if not, they're in it for the long term to help you all the way to trial. Mm -hmm. So let's talk um, real quickly before we get ready to eat some delicious food here at Chow. Let's talk about some of the expenses that um, realtors can take and also setting up their own separate account for their operating account where their money's going into, where they withdraw as needed, and where they have a debit card so that they can swipe only for their business expenses, keeping it away from the mm -hmm. Louis bags. <laughs> Louis, not Gucci a bag deduction. And all these other things. <laughs> They, they, they want to put on their, on their personal <laughs> card. Um, they can keep their personal stuff separate and then only, you know, gasoline for their car for the business. Um, when they go out for a meeting for lunch that they can put it on that card. What, uh, what are the things that they should be, um, you know, they set up their own account and they have their own account for the business and they keep those things separate. What are some of the things that's deductible as an expense for a realtor? Yeah. Marketing, advertising, all those. You know, I kind of wish we had like five different realtors in front of us. 
um, so that they could ask us questions based on how they see it, just because there's so much to talk about. There's, there's so many deductions, so many tax opportunities, so many different tax strategies, right? So I will cover what everyone should know, definitely, and throw in some, some tips that you may not be aware of. Um, but if you have a vehicle that you use for business purposes, whether you're a realtor, whether you're a, a journey, myself, our awesome, you know, videographer Abby here, you know, Abby behind, you're driving for dollars. You literally, as a 1099, as a business owner, you have the right to claim your vehicle as a tax deduction. Now, there are rules to how to present that. Um, that is probably the biggest problem. Knowing the representation of your uh, tax file, right? So what do you need? You need everything about your car, the make and model. You need, you're gonna need to see your odometer. What was it at the beginning of the year? Everyone, please do this, and what I say this to everybody. What was it at the beginning of the year? January 1st, when you're hungover, get your ass in that car. <laughs> I love that you're saying this. And so. take a look at that odometer, take a picture of it. <laughs> yes. Remember what date you took it on, January 1st or whatever, and it's on your phone under that date. Send the picture right away, text it to Ruby. Hey, yes. It's a preserved in outer space yes. text land somewhere. But before that, before your holiday party or your New Year's party, before you walk out the door, be sure that on 1231, you take a picture of that odometer because now we have the end of the year and the beginning of the following year. So you leave to the party, take a picture of your odometer, you come back from the party, take a picture of that odometer and keep a safe record of it and send it to me. I would happily store it for you. Um, so that is you, what you need, the beginning and the end. Now you need the sandwich in between, right? What happened? Why did you need to drive all those miles? Uh, a record of your mileage is what you need to account for your miles. Let's say that you use your vehicle 50% for your personal and 50% for your business. As long as you keep a record of all of your 50%, you're good. If your vehicle, if you have two vehicles, if you do have the luxury of you solely use your vehicle for your business purposes, then you need to track every single mile, obviously, right? Why is it important? People are like, Ruby, there's so much work. Why are you making me do this? I'm not really making you do anything. I'm trying to put money back into your pocket for an asset. And also for something that is difficult because the, the, the thing that's difficult, one of the things that's difficult about my job, other than dealing with human emotion, which is probably the toughest <laughs> part. Right? I'm not and you have an amazing personality for it. You really, oh, really you. do. It's tough though because I got to share it with a lot of people and I'm juggling like I work for the circus instead of fucking the law firm or whatever. <laughs> But in any event, is that it's an extra, now they have another job responsibility. But what I want realtors to know is, there are mileage tracker apps. Yes. The ones who don't have it, like the ones who are super savvy, organized, they're usually among the best realtors anyway. But if you have the app on your phone, we use apps for everything. You can you can sit there and stare at Instagram and you know people in their friggin' bathing suits and shit. You can fucking, you can use the you app could to do track this. the mileage as Did well. Did you know that maps, you could download your history from there. Did you know? It's as simple as that. If you know. There you go. Pro tips. You're getting them here at Shower Gazi. Seriously. The 
seriously, is this MRV is, Financial? Thank you. It is this, as simple as going, playing with your Maps app, looking at your history, downloading it. I was doing a showing a in Schaumburg that day. I was here in Chicago that day. Very mm -hmm. cool. And that's really what we need. You know, if you could justify your mileage, I could promise you that is one of the deductions that the IRS loves to pick at. Yes. Because I've they know that. that you're not really keeping Be track. Super exact. Yeah. So you're yeah. more likely to get a letter in the mail from the IRS as to a further inquiry or perhaps even audit or mileage. So don't yes. be telling them you, dri you drove with 100,000 miles last year if you don't have the backup to show exactly. it. Exactly. For everything that you want your representative to do, it is your responsibility to provide that record. That is something that um, I do want to talk about as well. That's very important. Um, one of the reasons why it is very important for you to have all your paperwork and all your ducks in a row is because my job is to perform the best tax strategy for you to save you more money. There are standard type deductions and there are itemized deductions, okay? So let's say the vehicle, since we're already talking about the vehicle. Once you gather everything, you're gonna give, you know, you're gonna have your gas, your repairs your and maintenance, so put that on your business card. Yeah, so your card. when you go, let's say you come to me today and you're like, hey, I want to incorporate and we find the best uh, structure for you. I, the very first thing I say, as soon as you receive your articles of organization, your EIN from me, and I give you the green light, I need you to go to the bank and open up a bank account and only swipe for business purposes. If you're swiping your business account for personal, you're already uh, targeting yourself that the I, if the IRS were to audit you, they could really blame you for a lot of things because it's not a clean account. A business account is not meant for you to do personal draws. Like I went to the Louis store and I saw a purse. That's considered a personal draw. Yeah, unfortunately I, clothing and accessories are not deductible expenses for business professionals. They are not they unless not, you have yes, unless you have your brand on it. So you know how the team Yes. Mega real estate group. Put your real name on it. Kings or queens, Put your LLC. name on it and then it becomes Property a tax group. deduction. It becomes a tax deduction for you as long as Represent it, your brand. It first of all, nobody's gonna invest in it if you don't invest first, show nope. them that you got something nope. that's worth um, working nope. with and then also you'll be able to deduct it for tax purposes. So another on one, another way to get that approved is hello, we're doing this video. Right? We may get some good reaction out of this, right? I could legally, if I really wanted to tax deduct these clothes, I have content for me to say, in order for me to present myself to this person or these people, or let's say my YouTube channel, I also have a YouTube channel. Well, in order for me to take those deductions as my marketing and advertising, well, I need content and I need to produce income because then if you're not producing income you have nothing to take the deductions up against that is a, a, a one that i see all the time that there is no income but they want to take all these deductions and it's like well we need income to lower it because what they do they lower your tax bill let's say that your tax bill well obviously if you have no income there is 
you have expenses to report, but whatever you're gonna uh, put them up, up against. This is where we come into the problem of uh, reporting a loss on your income. I'm well, sure you see thing it. Is that people need income in order to qualify for purchases too. So yes. some people think, oh, I'll deduct all these expenses and I'll be showing business owners probably do this a lot. Oh, I'm yes. not making a profit. Well, you wanted you to can't buy, that buy house anything. Now, you have a problem. So yes, you do have to show some income. Um, you know, and make sure that if your expenses are there, that they're legitimate. Yes, that they're legitimate because, yeah, there is, you know, such a thing of when you're starting into business, we've all went through this, where you're, you're a founder of your organization, you're right. self-funding, right? So you need to keep funding until it makes money on its own. And then the idea is that you create such a great platform that it's paying for itself and now it's actually paying you for all of those years that you put into it right so then what's happening or what happens is you know year one you have to claim these losses because you don't have any income um it is what it is it is what it is right well year two you want to do better year three you want to do better you well be you don't want to you should be growing you don't want to get into the habit of i just don't want to pay taxes or i want to get a big refund now if you're getting a big refund let me tell you i already hear a red flag there too did you know that getting a refund is you overpaying your taxes to the U.S. government or the states, and neither of them are paying you interest, interest. on your money? You might rates, as well keep your money. Interest rates are low as well, but the reason I got a return back this year was just because, out of an abundance of caution, not knowing since I'm a newer business, we paid more than we needed to, um, and it worked out really well. But next year, I think we'll be better prepared to. And this is why talking and having someone on your team is very important to say, hey, can we do a six month review of where I am? Yeah, that does not come included in your tax preparation because that is, you know, a tax preparation service that they're doing versus tax planning. It's a whole different service, right? But if you're, if they just check up on your accounts, like, hey, am I paying just what I should be paying? Or go back to your history and say, okay, as a business owner, Learning how the accounting, because that's really what this is. Accounting is the business language of the business world. That's really what it is. It is the language of the business world. Every business owner, every realtor should know what is an expense, what is an asset for me, and what is the liability. Um, the reason why the three of them are important is because everything that you spend into your business does not create a approved uh, expense record for your business. Now you do need to know what am I responsible for? That's where your liability is, right? Well, I am responsible, well, since we're talking about yourself, I am responsible to pay my mortgage or my rent for my business practice. I am responsible for my payroll. I am responsible for do the life. Do you offer payroll services through MRV? Um, right now, I do not, and that is something that we will offer in 2023. That's great, so realtors out there, or anybody in the real estate profession, if you're looking to get a payroll done so that you can save some money on your taxes, 
they will be coming. MRV Financial, so that's great to hear. Yes. So you'll be offering that service. Yes, but that doesn't mean that we don't offer you how to go about it, right? So then what I'll do is, you know, ADP is a great company where it really depends. A lot of the business owners may have, I see this all the time, it's a, they have a partner. One of the partners is usually really good at finances, and then the other partner is really good at the peopling stuff, right? Yeah, the day-to-day -day of the business. Yes. Yes, yeah, so then the person that's responsible for the day-to-day, -day, like once you do it one year, two years, three years, by the time you're the fourth year, you already know exactly what kinds of questions you, you should be having. You should know like, okay, based on how I've been paying taxes, this is how much we should be uh, saving, allocating toward our tax bill. Yeah, if we could pay it, yeah, más o menos somewhere, right? So if you're paying it throughout the year, now, I'm not saying getting a refund is a bad thing. There isn't. I don't think there's right or wrong. I think there is indifference from myself as a professional. I cannot tell you, oh, a refund is better than owing, the, the, uh, owing your bill. Obviously, no one likes to owe money, right? You need to know right? what the goals and their objectives are. If they're planning to make a purchase with a loan in the next few years, they have to show income. Exactly. And they might even have to sacrifice some of the expenses just to show a higher income for qualification purposes. Exactly. So it basically, you need to assess what their goals are at the beginning. Um, another thing is also... And it goes for two years, too, because they will pull your tax file for the last two years. So if you didn't do them right the first year, then you know you got to start from scratch. And okay... They are going to ask me for two years. Can I back up the previous year? But go ahead. So, yes, you're saying just responsibility and honesty and, and knowing your goals um, well in advance. You got to, especially in this business in real estate, you got to know what your, your vision for the future is so that you can plan accordingly. And the other point that I was going to make before we kind of wrap up with some of those, those deductions and talk about rehabbers and people flipping properties is, um, is, I'm sure you want to tell the realtors, you probably almost want to look in the camera right now and say, for God's sake, for God's sake, and for country, I guess, for God and country, talk to me early when I'm not in my busy season because you're not going to get, if you put, gar like the, one of my math professors in college said, if you put garbage into a calculator, garbage you're going to garbage out, right? Garbage in, garbage out, G-I-G-O. If you come to somebody at the last minute, right before a filing deadline or you didn't get an extension or something, you have a lot of work to do in a very little amount of time. Honestly, you don't even have to go crazy. You can go on your bank's website and download your income and expenses. It tells you when you've deposited income, you know that's a deposit. Mm -hmm. All your expenses are listed, Home Depot, whatever, blah, 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 advertising, printing, all these things. But the best time to do this is to evaluate from prior years and sit down and break some bread with Ruby yes. and friggin' talk while you're peaceful. Take it a little bit of time in the summer yes. when you get back from a vacation or before you go or whatever. If you can make time for vacation, have a conversation, send in your paperwork as much as you can, as soon as you can, and all your work might be done before the end of the year or close to it or very soon thereafter. Yes, and I could tell you that is, you know, uh, we do have uh, realtors that we uh, handle. We help them year-round. They don't just hire us, you know, they hire us for bookkeeping. They hire us as their financial advisor, as their accountant. I don't just play one hat. I don't just say, oh, it's tax season, come see me during tax season. No, if, if we have that and, you know, I have people that tell me, can you can you just serve me? So I become their holistic, holistic one-stop shop. One shop. And, yep. and I will tell listeners out there from my own um, 
you know, having owned my own business and have to do expenses, the sooner you can keep track of those, the better. And so if you can do it all the time consistently and work with Ruby or, or somebody like her, um, but hopefully Ruby, um, <laughs> is to to get those two accounts, what do you say, once a month or every three months? So um, realistically speaking, you should be meeting with your representative once a month. Go over the transactions. Or at least via phone. Uh, via phone, yeah. To go over the transactions. Email, the documents you need, the expenses, and then you can further clarify, okay, I see this Bed Bath & Beyond, what was it It was there that yes. you were purchasing? Mm-hmm. Ideally, that's you know that's what we all want. Now, is it going to happen where that, that doesn't happen? Some at least do it quarterly. Some are fire sale at the deadline. Some are will come to you each mm -hmm. month. You will save yourself a lot of stress if you can make the time. Yes, making the time. Do an open I house think together. When you're at your open house, invite Ruby over there. Talk yes. to her on FaceTime while you're there. If nobody's in, as you get know, I am straight. I am always preserve your sanity. <laughs> yes, I I've am. been through the stress. <laughs> I've lost a lot of friggin' time off my life probably. <laughs> it's true though because when you're talking in peace you deal with a situation with a lot more grace than with a clearer mind, with a a clearer mind and you're able to really listen to the sound advice of a professional versus when you show up two days before the deadline the very first thing that a very good active practice is going to do is say hey in order to not rush through your file through your work are you open to having an extension otherwise we're going to do some hotshot tax files meaning that we're going to go really fast and you know i you, believe they can't hold you responsible for for coming to them at the last minute um i love in producing quality work. That is one of, you know, educating my clients and producing quality work is really where MRV stands behind. You know, we need to educate, you know, we talk about this. We understand. They will get in, they will get out. What they put from in. you, what they put in. So if they work hard, and you know, here's the thing. Another thing I want people to know, and it's one of the things I feel I've learned in my life, is you don't have to work super hard to the point of exhaustion all the time. But if you work a little bit hard consistently or just put in the, the bare amount, it will pay you so much in dividends later when you're not stressing, you're not running around to gather this or that or send this form or have to dig for it or look through your emails to find it or download it off the website or whatever. It allows you to see and learn your paperwork because I'm sure most people, what we do, we literally present the tax file in a manner that's understandable. This is how you came about owing or uh, getting a refund. Now, when people get a refund, I always say it's okay to get a refund. I rather, like there are people that they just, they have anxiety to have to owe thousands of dollars, even $200 owing to, to you know, somebody, it creates anxiety. So I will always say, if you get back or if you go owe anywhere between 500 and 1500, that's a very healthy number to get back or have to pay. Yeah, I agree. That does sound healthy because it's manageable. The funny thing you want to hear, and you'll get a laugh out of this because you probably know that it happens all the time, the division of labor, especially in the state government, I got a check for a refund for $100, and then I got a bill for like 80 bucks. Like, can you just send the money over there and give <laughs> me a 20? Can you a small 20? Or friggin', you know what I mean? Or send me a smaller check? Like, now I get a check, I got to go deposit that, but then I got to cut another one and send it out for the 80 bucks I owed. It's like two different two, agencies. Two in the same yes. whole house, and they're not talking to each other. Yes. You know, 
Susie's in the one bedroom and friggin' Jane's in the other, and they didn't friggin' talk to each other about <laughs> whether I owe any cancel. <laughs> so that is very good that you brought up because Illinois, I look to so the way kind of like when I explain it to people, look at Illinois is our babysitter. They're the ones that we account to, and then Illinois goes and tells mom and dad, hey, they're not doing this, but it's not my responsibility to do anything, it's your responsibility. So they're like, they're the ones, they're the jurisdiction that makes sure that we're all like, you know, following the guidelines. When it comes down to the tax uh, entities, the agencies, they're separated as well. As I don't know if anybody knows that the state of Illinois is one of those states that we pay a flat rate, which is 4.95%. We I don't it was pay 4.95%. We go don't down? even, nope. I always thought it was five and a quarter or something is what we paid in Illinois because it used to be lower. A years ago, it was three uh, on the income tax or on the corporation? Income tax. Yeah. Income tax yeah. itself is 4.95%. Okay. Um, we are one of the states that we're fixed. In order for them to charge us more, they have to have us vote. I don't know if you we remember shot it this. Down, and you know I spoke out against that too. Yeah. Income tax doesn't punish Governor JP Pritzker because he, most of his money does not come from an income. It comes from passive investments in stocks and bonds and ownership and family money. My stuff comes from fucking blood, sweat, and tears as a hustling fucking kid from the South Side, right? I'm the fighting Irish. I'm one of the last ones left over here, right? Just hustling hard as hell. Yes. You know what I mean? And so for me, the income tax matters because I'm earning money with my mind and my time, and that's taxed at a higher rate than other things, which flippers know about as well. Exactly. So um, I am glad that you brought that up because MRV was also one of those loud voices that was, no, do not vote for it. A lot of people didn't understand that, especially because the young... Because they spend millions of dollars of personal money trying to get something passed. Yes, because they were going to make more money, money out to, of us. To, to, yeah, they graduated income tax. This is more fair. No, it's for not. For who? Yeah, not for working people, not for people... You're, you're getting basically the more you make, the more they take. And that's and what they want to do. They even wanted for to do the what they do at the federal government yes. already and take away our flat tax. Yes. The fat, flat tax, in my opinion, is already too high. You go to some of these other states and it's 3% or maybe less, maybe more. But the fact but that we're not forced to change it, that is They were going to have to amend the Constitution. I yes. think, do that. That's an almighty thing to do. And that's part of the reason why they lost. But thank God they did. You hear that, politicians? Well, you're listening. You want to keep getting our votes? You released the tax bill late this year, right after the election. One week later, we're getting the property tax bill in Cook County for 2021. And um, we don't need the graduated income tax here. Find another way to get your money. You know what I mean? We make an honest living. You should freaking tax us honestly as well. Let's keep it flat and let's lower it if we can. So basically you what, what people mean? said during that time was, how about you learn to manage your money first, and then you, maybe we could talk about giving you more. If, and you know, that's one of the things that if they, you're going to be giving people money, money that they don't, yes. They're, you can't keep on giving m more money to people that aren't accountable for it. Um, they don't have to run a business that sinks or fails because they don't never fail. They're just there. They're a government. Um, and, of course, there's a lot more that goes into it. In oh, yes. That's a whole different conversation. But that's a good conversation to even implement something so simple within your business. That, you know what, if you're not managing your, pro your money properly, you can expect someone else to... Um, give you advice on you don't even know how to present it to somebody. So allocating money for your expenses, you know, when you think of expenses, what did it take for me to earn that money? Did I have to drive? Well, I used my vehicle. Did I have to take someone out for lunch? 
in order to make that deal, right? That's a business meeting that I had to do. Did I have to... Um, Spend money on photography for your open house. That's a tax deduction that's right there. That's advertising costs. Gifts that you give to your clients, you know, and, and these all have different gifts, wait, increments. Gifts that you give to your clients, did you say? I didn't gifts, think those were deductible. Yes. Gifts that you give to your clients are yes, deductible. Are okay, deductible. Well then, Merry Christmas, everybody. Ho, ho, ho. I'm coming with a fat Santa Fe full of tequila <laughs> and fucking now, gift cards and shit. <laughs> yeah, so now, and you also got to remember, everything has a bracket. You know, don't take everything so black and white to say, well, Ruby said that, you know, I bought this gift and it's tax deductible. Everything has a bracket, right? Just like meals has a bracket. A bracket. Um, gifts have a limit on... How much you can give. How much you could give. But business to business owner, if it's a gift that builds your business, then I can deduct it a hundred percent. So let's say I buy I buy you a really nice Keurig coffee machine for your office. I can tax deduct it a hundred percent because it's gonna make you money. So to summarize what we were talking about with deduction of expenses to save realtors money on their income taxes. We talked about uh, mileage on your vehicle and how you can track it through apps or through downloading your travel history um, from Google Maps. We also talked about uh, deducting gasoline, which if you know the percentage of time you've driven your car for personal use and you have the total of your gas spent uh, during the year, you should be able to figure out roughly how much you would be able to deduct for gas uh, deductions on your taxes. We also talked about the fact that Right now, it's about 56 cents per mile that you can deduct from your gas um, and save that 56 cents per mile. And it may also be going up um, because of the increased costs and inflation and gas prices going up. So then we mentioned other expenses are deductible for realtors. Advertising, whether it be um, print, mailing, um, online, social media. social media, leads, that are, if you're working with Zillow leads or things, big. or whoever that provide you leads, um, those are expenses. Then we also talked about gifts, gifts. to clients, mm -hmm. um, with the exception of alcohol and tobacco, and all to other businesses as well. You yes. mentioned that the gifts are deducted at a lower percentage, uh, not outright. And then, uh, was there anything I was missing, or uh, you mentioned a couple of things that you wanted to add? Yeah, I'd like to add if you work from home as well. You know, a lot of realtors work already. from home. Here is your home office deduction. Do not leave that on the table. Because it can be high, right? Those are, yes. So treat your home office deduction like you would your car, where Even it's going to be the office. office. At the Realty and you work there as well, you can still take a deduction if you use that as a legit home office. If you use it as a legitimate home office, yes. This and 10 if you're paying of the house rent, is off, yeah. yes. And if you're paying rent, like some of some of the folks have it taken out of their paycheck to use this office. But if you're also using your home office for really random stuff, like this is where you're actually pulling in the contracts, you're doing in the heavy work. In your office, you're really using it for visits and yeah, all of that. Yeah, just people come in, you have an yeah. meeting, they sign some stuff, but you don't necessarily bring everybody into your home for those things. Correct. But, but when you're making the offers and sending it via DocuSign or getting things signed, that's that's 
business that you're doing in your home office. Exactly. Maybe you're doing your leads that are in your phone calls as mm -hmm. well. How much can people deduct on average for their home office? So that is based on the square footage of the room, room itself. So okay. let's say you have a, uh, let's say 1300 square feet home or apartment or condo, and you're using 300% of it, then all your expenses that come in your Nike or your, or your gas or, 30%, you mean. or um, if the total is 100% of the home, you're using 300 square feet, 300 then we're going to use the prorate of the 300 square feet to prorate the expenses of the whole unit. Yeah, so it's a percentage of the, it's a, based on the space you're using. Exactly. Um, and um, how, how does that play out? So if I'm taking a deduction for, you know, that, that 300 square feet, um, so that's considered like rent payment that's deductible or something. So rent, mortgage interest, utilities. Thirty percent of those costs. So let's say it or is a thirty percent, whatever the three hundred square feet. Yes. You take the total and you subtract that out from the square footage and prorate based on that. So pro, to be clear, proration we that means a proportionate share. Um, yes. I believe in Latin or something like that. Okay, and then there was one more thing besides home offices. Um, commissions paid to other realtors because they did a showing for you. Ah, that's huge. Because that's that huge. All the time they now. do it all the time. Um, having treating your business like you're a real business is going to be the very first thing that you're going to do right by yourself. To make yourself successful. To make yourself successful. If you pay anybody over six hundred dollars in service you should be giving them a 1099 at the end of the year. Not everybody likes that because then it's a chain of, then that person has to do withholding on their 1099 as well. But having that conversation up savvy. front is the, the golden rule. Don't assume, never that assume. You're gonna that you're going to 1099 them at never. the end of the year. You never assume that. No, you should say, hey, in order for me to work with you, um, I have to provide you, you know, if we make over six hundred, if I pay you over six hundred dollars, I have to give you a ten ninety nine at the end of the year. Would if you be okay with that? And things. then if if I don't exactly, if I don't get to the six hundred, well, obviously you're not going to get a ten ninety nine. It's being very um, thinking ahead and not thinking in the back because that guess what happens when it comes down to closing it out. Um, oh yeah, I paid so-and-so, uh, my, my photographer, $1,000. Well, did you give them a 1099 or did they give you an invoice? What do we and that's have really here, the biggest Lupe? thing. Sorry to bother you guys. No worries, you're not bothering us Oh, look at this. Oh my goodness. A crab cake, it looks like, in the middle there and some bruschetta. With some apple salad, bruschetta, you know, fresh tomato, mozzarella, and that's chorri bruschetta with crispy onion on top. Well, thank you very much, Lupe. I love uh, it. We didn't even ask for this, but this is the kind of treatment we get here at Chao Ragazzi. And um, I wanted to say earlier, uh, we'll maybe switch this back into an earlier time in the video. Um, thank you, first of all, for letting me do this. I know it's not easy to have your own business and to work hard for it and to provide the time and space to us. Um, thank you very much for having us here and for this kind of hospitality. Um, we're about to wrap up shortly and order food, and I can't wait because I am hungry. We are I ready had a to yogurt eat. today with some vitamins and stuff, so I'm ready to go. In fact, maybe we'll start munching on this just a little bit. This as we go. will be how be we turn into it. Yeah. We'll transition there. So yeah. We'll we'll Love we'll it. take a quick break and, and in you. a little bit, and we'll order. And um, just so the viewers out there know, Lupe told me that Chow Ragazzi 
basically is like saying hello friend or hello family, like cousin or brother or something like this. Compadre, Compadre right? We, in, in their logo, uh, which I'll add in probably on the video later, you have you know, a wine glass with a spoon and a fork, the, um, the words Chao Ragazzi and two hands shaking there, um, signifying like hello friend. And it's a very welcoming thing. And your daughter, daughter if you want to come in real quick, your daughter did the um, the, the design logo. for you. And yeah. she's how old? Well, now she turned 15, but she was 14 when she made it. 14. A beautiful professional logo, simple yet effective, and it suits yeah. this restaurant perfectly. So even, she's like, it's mine. Let me trademark her. Let me copyright her. That's you. <laughs> well, I think you can be very proud of everything you've done here, um, you know, for throughout the years, because the, the, the atmosphere here, the music, the staff, the, the logo, um, what it stands for. Um, I, we wish you many years of prosperity here. Um, I believe you're one of the biggest assets to this community that people have a nice sit-down restaurant to come to. There's a lot of places that are, you know, the, it's more of, more of a sports bar or whatever, no disrespect to them. This yeah. is that sit-down place where you have a good family meal. Music, not too loud, nothing crazy, keep it families. It's a nice together. peaceful yeah. experience. I cannot wait to try the food. You're going to love it. Definitely Well, thank you, Lupe. Take a look, and then when you need any menu, I can help you. Sounds thank great. You. So Thanks enjoy. a bunch. Sorry to be in the middle. No, no, we're, no, we're, no, we're, we're getting house we ready for it anyway. We're about to transition. Okay. Thank you. So I think this is a look very good natural transition. Bruschetta and Can crab cakes this. here. Um, I'm sure they look delicious too, especially being under the lights like this. They look crispy and shiny and delicious. Yes. Um, so before we chow down here, um, we summarized the main expenses for realtors. For people doing rehab, we probably could get through a little more quickly. What I wanted to know and what I want the viewers to know is, um, our real, uh, you have a lot of, uh, every business transaction has costs. So when you're selling a home, that's a business transaction. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have to pay taxes on it, and it's a capital gains tax uh, if you're doing it as a business investment. The question, um, the tax is higher if you sell within the first year, and then it's a long-term gain if you sell after the first year. So it depends on how long you have it. Um, long-term long capital gains are taxed at, is it 15% or 20%? The long term, fifteen percent. Long term is fifteen. Mm -hmm. Versus short term, short term is, is based on your income tax rate. Correct. So whatever you earn, let's say you also have another business or you're just an employee at you know ABC Incorporated, you're whatever. If you're paying thirty percent a year, you, you also have it. to pay thirty percent of the gain. Now, what I also want people to understand when I talk about money and accounting, I'm not an accountant, I'm not a tax attorney, so just so you know that. But I have a general knowledge of this, and I'm also sitting with here sitting with somebody who is licensed to do this. Uh, these taxes so she can confirm what I'm saying or correct me is that um, as far as um, the the rate then the gain is just what you made over what you paid so if you pay a hundred thousand dollars for a property and you sell it at hundred fifty thousand dollars you have a fifty thousand dollar gain that's the only thing that's subject to taxation yes. and you from there whittle that down you hear people saying, well, for cars and things on the news, taxes, title, insurance. Mm -hmm. Taxes, I think, are never deductible, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So the property taxes you pay on the property, you can't deduct those. But you can deduct title insurance costs. Mm -hmm. You yes. deduct realtor commissions as Correct. an expense of selling. Correct. So just so you know, as a seller, like those are things you should be taking to reduce your tax liability. Your legal Work fees. Your legal fees, attorney fees. So your accounts cost, fees. Surveys. Yes. Um, your, you say account fees, like the fees that you get charged as part of having a bank account? Your accountant, oh, accountant or, yes, accountant. your legal representation is tax deductible. These are all things you have to These pay to make the money. Yes, 
or, mm -hmm. or, or and so what am I missing anything and then we had um, your materials loan related costs like interest yes. on the loan if you have a short-term loan correct so you have a problem. your interest on this so if you have those hard money loans you can deduct the interest on it if you had a mortgage on the property that's a regular loan but then you flipped it a year later or if you did it within whatever interest you paid is um also whatever it costs for you to refurbish this house to bring it back the to materials. life the materials go, go, the manpower labor. Yeah. labor is huge um it's we all like it's one of your biggest expenses and one of the things is huge because um back to what we were talking about earlier about handing out 1099s that should be a very natural conversation of asking whoever you're doing business with hey i provide a 1099 to everyone and if in the event you make over $600 in doing business do with me you from, I do from your clients I not wow. from my clients from I know because you get an invoice from me yeah. so an invoice an is, is an expense yes. for you right but let's say that you have contractors who you're constantly calling back for your rehabs then you should they're not gonna give you an invoice right no, some of them don't if you put them on a 1099 then you just give them a 1099 at the end of the year for and that for how much money you paid them yes so have this is one the, have it up front because that is one of the tax deductions keep your receipts for materials that gets from audited it's like the auto deduction where they know you're not keeping track of it and your invoices might not be properly allocated it's a very easy way for you to get audited and if you cannot prove it and if you're constantly doing business with the same people you should have a very natural conversation. Hey, how do you get paid? Do I need to give you a 1099 at the end of the year, or how does it work with you? And so they'll that's be able the value to tell of talking you. Talking to you soon, so that you can talk to your own people right away. You know, one of the things I say is that experience is a great teacher, but it's also the toughest teacher. If yes. you have to learn the hard way, it's like the old saying: "Fool me once. Once you've been fooled, you'll you'll learn that lesson. Hopefully, you do. Otherwise, you're just causing yourself needless pain." Um, are there any other expenses um, that that a, a rehabber would need to know when they, what um, they can take? For a rehabber, because you you know a rehabber is kind of like a construction company, right? So it is common for them to wear work boots like those steel toe boots, right? Some of the clothing is a tax deduction for you because you're getting dirty in there you're needing this you know um, if you buy the goggles to protect yourself if you're buying any materials to protect your contractors that's also a tax deduction for you a lot of people don't even think like oh i had the to buy him the business. insurance for your business yeah. you're we already talked about you know the legal fees the entities um if you have to pay any fees to answer that to renew your LLC that's deductible that's deductible for you Keep if it's make you Ruby. if it's making you money then you should be able to take that tax deduction now let's say uh, for instance uh, something that you know does happen or I have seen um, you went to Home Depot and you bought some dishes because it's gonna make the place look pretty that has nothing to do with the construction of, of the company. Money, yeah. So if you go out and buy the most expensive tables and 
and um, the fanciest things, those might not be. Really those those about. become assets because if you're someone that's constantly having to dress up the apartment so that you could sell it a lot faster, you're obviously keeping the furniture for the next rehab, right? So that becomes an asset for you. And that's something that becomes depreciating. We didn't even talk about depreciation. Yeah, One of my favorite time, ones, but I would love to talk about depreciation. Because, well, <laughs> well it, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting discussion and there's a lot yes, there because so much. a lot of rehabbers may not have depreciation depending on whether they own their own equipment or whether they own their Thank own you. building. Um, yes. If you just, if you were just, you know, you have a, an LLC set up, you have a business address that you're using for, from the, somebody's let you use, you're not going to be able to deduct an off necessarily unless you have a home office that you're using for legitimate purposes. And even then, it's only a prorated proportionate share. Correct. So, yeah, if you have a building that you're paying on, those are other expenses, as well as if you're a rehabber, maybe you have a Bobcat, um, you know, this equipment. that's worth 30000 exactly. and you can deduct a little bit each year. Your vehicle, whether you're a realtor, whether you're uh, a flipper, whether you're you, whether you're me, we're in business. We're in the business of, you know, uh, making a sale. Um, your vehicle also becomes a depreciation asset over time if you spend x amount of money depreciation is almost like a repeated deduction for something and so you can't take it anymore and it's a very and then healthy there's another one. complicated concept called recapture of depreciation I yes think <laughs> i love this conversation i love how, how you laugh and enjoy talking about accounting because it's you know it so well it's clear i think the message is really clear is talk to your professionals like yes. Ruby to find out these things so you know that you're saving as much money as possible because we know how hard everybody works out there for it in America. We, yes. we work under different conditions. I know that there's very bad conditions overseas, but we work hard here too, and life is complicated. So we we should be saving every dollar we can and not letting them take away from it. You know, keep what's belong to you. you know keep what, I mean? what, yeah, your responsibility is to pay taxes and no more than that. There is no reason why you should be overpaying in taxes. No reason. Well, thank you, Ruby. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back with the food and show you how delicious that is and wrap it all up here, and uh, we'll be right back with you. Be back. All right. Uh, welcome back with us, everybody, here. As you can see, we got our food now, so this is a very happy time. I feel like it's Thanksgiving or Christmas early here. It's a happy dance everyone does when they get their food. <laughs> the happy dance. I mean, I, I don't do it personally, but... Uh, there will be a flavor country uh, is where I'm going to right now on my, but I know what you mean, yes. So, uh, Ruby uh, likes seafood, so what, what is this dish that you have here? So this is, there is seafood pasta. You did talk pasta. about, um, their pasta is homemade. made here, homemade. Yeah, homemade so right I just had to try it. I had to try it, so that is what I have. So I have a little bit of everything. Um, there is shrimp, there are scallops, there is calamari in here. And a white cream sauce, it appears. Yes, an alfredo sauce, a creamy sauce. So um, I well, can't wait to try, try it. Try that out. Definitely not a box pasta. No. The flavor alone, um, very soft. Um, the pasta, the sauce obviously is Alfredo, one of my favorites. Um, and I had a piece of calamari, very, very nice. And it's not chewy, so that's good. Okay. Um, my cousin came here and he's from Wisconsin. I don't think they have too many good Italian restaurants where he's from. He's like, dude, that's the best pasta I've ever had. Yes. 
Um, for me, I have a nice steak sandwich here. It has some cheese and peppers. It looks very juicy, and I'm also gonna put a little bit of olive oil on my plate to dip the bread in to keep it moist, but it feels nice and crispy, perfectly toasted. Uh, if you're like me, uh, you're gonna like your, your bread toasted. And also here I have their french fries. I've never had chalice french fries before, but they're very, very good. They put a little bit of Parmesan um, on there, so I have a little cheese as I'm biting into them. They're thin and they're light, but very, very tasty. And I like the thin and light ones because you know, I'm, I'm losing a little bit of weight and I'm trying to stay light, right? And moving quick so I can take care of business better. And so, um, and so I can't wait to eat these french fries. I'm so hungry. I barely had like a yogurt this morning and those appetizers. Let me take a bite in this steak sandwich. Let's and, see and how it is. It. I will continue with mine. This pasta's amazing. This is a steak sandwich that's worth trying. Like I said, the bread is crispy. It was very juicy. When I bit into it, I could taste a nice hint of salt. Very juicy. The steak is cooked very well. It's tender yet um, with a little bit of singe and flavor on the outside. Um, and I have the peppers in there too. This is really incredible. These french fries, very delicious. I can't wait to murder them. But uh, I don't want to look like Porky the Pig on camera over here. So um, we're going to sign off and enjoy the rest of our food. The food sells itself. Come on over to Chow, support local business, and um, you know, discover why we dine here frequently. Um, I wanna thank Javi behind the camera for um, all of your hard work, and say your company name for us one more time, please. Modern Realty Studio. Modern Realty Studio. If you need good camera work and a man you can depend on, Javi and his studio will take good care of you. When it comes to financial advice, look no farther than Ruby Velasquez. She's right here, and she's there to help you as well. Talk to her early and often so that neither of you are stressing around tax time. <laughs> yes. And uh, take care of yourself and your business because nobody else is going to do it for you and you'll get more out of it as a return on your investment in yourself and your business if you take care of things that you need to take care of. And as for me, real estate attorney Brian Tierney, uh, I do other things as well, but it's mainly real estate. I have my hands pretty full with that. I'm right here on the southwest side of Chicago, 6348 South Central, uh, and I'm all over social media and uh, the internet so you can find me there and contact me uh, and my staff to help you out with all your real estate needs. If there's something that I don't do, odds are I have a good friend or a business partner that I can mm -hmm. refer you to as well. So thanks for tuning in. Hope you found this information very useful and uh, tune in next time the next episode of Breaking Bread with Brian. Thanks again, everybody. Bye. have a choice of a small or a medium and it has, like, I don't know if you... I they, think they're pre-washed, so they're a little smaller than they would normally be, but they don't shrink anymore. This is... I'll take the small then. Okay. It's up to you. Oh, uh, blue. This is your... Like University what podcast. So that's the podcast. And it's got the logo, and on the back it has the uh, w a website. I love this. You're recording already, right? Yes. Check out his... The Blessed Life University podcast t-shirt. Um, I need t-shirts now. More apparel to come too. I love how that logo looks. It's very big and energetic and electric. And you also have a bottle of Centenario this from Straight Mexico. from Mexico. It's got the stamp. It doesn't lie. Oh, well now I feel bad about my gift. <laughs> I, I thought they were equal gifts. It looks like you're giving me a bottle as well. I don't know why you would feel bad about that. 
Um, Let's see what happens. <laughs> Mine requires oh, explanation yeah. as well. So that Island Bourbon County um, uh, bourbon whiskey. Beef. So brewed, barrel aged, and bottled by Goose Island Beer Company in Chicago. I've never tried this, so that alone makes me excited. This is brand new for me. So thank you very much, Ruby, for this. And I feel like there's something else. Yeah. There. So these are specialty okay. and very hard to come by. Really. So before you drink it, do your homework. Why. I will. No, you totally could drink it. I'm just letting you know. Bad. I don't know why you would feel bad uh, giving me that thing. Because this one came from Mexico. So what? This one is hard to come I'm supposed to be gifting you this stuff. No, no, no. Let me see but what yeah, else we that's got um, Ruby's always very thoughtful with gifts. Christ almighty, this thing's it's all heavy. What is this all this here? So this is for your business cards. Okay. So it's a sample. You could give these, so you would put your business cards and then give them to your people, whoever your favorite people are, so they could put yeah, like a kind magnet. of magnet. It has the sticky, you just put your card on there, it makes it nice and easy for you to do Yeah, so that's, that's some to add to your marketing stuff, so whatever you want to buy yourself or your business. And the same thing with postcards? And then same thing with this one. So I don't know if you remember getting my calendars every year. Yes. That's I keep what, them right on my filing cabinet because there's metal and it sticks to it right there. That's what these are for. Perfect. So I didn't know what you could potentially use it for. So I was like, I think these are so, nice gifts for. So we got magnets for the business cards and for um, oh, the little you know, card. your advertising that you can put on the fridges. Thank you very much for sharing this with me. This is a card for you. Oh, this is for me. It's a personal message yes. here, which I'll keep. Um, I'll just keep for myself, I guess. Um, and then lastly, Your, what do we have here? Some just, some. Oh, just an Amazon gift card. All right. Well, your boy uses Amazon all the time. I need <laughs> Who my doesn't, vitamins right? delivered directly <laughs> to the house. Well, thanks a bunch, Ruby. I didn't expect that, but. Um, no, my pleasure. You, know, you enjoy and I'll enjoy too. Yes. Thank you. All right, be good, y'all. That was the little after, uh, after take. Or yes. no lunch. <laughs> be good, y'all.